Hey guys, welcome back to the show. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash insane today to get 10% off your first month. BetterHelp is not a crisis line and BetterHelp is spelled better H-E-L-P. I'm Rachel. I'm going to be talking about my experience as a firefighter EMT and how it shaped me and changed my life over the last seven years. So yeah, so I got involved in the fire department about seven, seven and a half years ago when I was kind of just deciding what I wanted to do with my career as far as the medical field. So um, I kind of asked programs. I was like, hey, what do you consider competitive hands-on experience with patients? And they told me to either become a nurse, an EMT, or a phlebotomist. And I was like, all right. At the time, those weren't kind of the answers I was looking for. So I was like, all right, I guess I'll volunteer at a fire station. So I applied thinking that this was going to help me um, get into school. But I actually ended up falling in love with the whole fire department. Um, I loved being an EMT. I did that for a year and a half, you know, took calls on the ambulance, Mm -hmm. took medical calls off the fire engine. And then I realized, I was like, huh, I kind of want to do the fire side. Like, this seems really cool. There's a lot of things that the fire engine or the fire truck will get dispatched to that Mm -hmm. will end up being a medical call, whether it's support. And I was like, this would be such an asset to, you know, my firehouse if I could do both. So I did the trainings for the fire side. And that was a long, hard month, two months, whatever it was. And that was just nonstop training for that time? Yeah. So I did it three days a week from 7 to 10 p.m. at night, like after work or Mm -hmm. all day on a Saturday, full fire get up, you know, in burning buildings, learning how to like get into cars and stuff like that. And, you know, I did it and it was hard being a girl in short because you're working with guys, majority of my class. So a lot of the things I felt a little at a disadvantage or it was a little more tougher for me. Right. But, you know, I did it and it was really cool. Um, And even after I took different certifications for different types of rescue, whether if it's vehicle rescue or hazmat or stuff like that, And I kind of, it was just every training that I did was fun. Yeah. You know, and you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I loved it. I mean, it gave me the rush. It was a great way to meet people. Um, Trauma bonding, you know, is a Mm -hmm. thing in the fire department. And especially when you do these classes together, you kind of trauma bond in a different way. And it helps you because you will go on calls with other fire stations, whether they're volunteer or career. But because you've met these people at somewhere during your path, Mm -hmm. whether it's training, you kind of like, hey, like I know this person, like I can account for their skills or their knowledge. And like, that's really saying something because when you're in the fire department, you know, having someone you trust is huge Mm -hmm. because it's your life, it's your safety, it's your patient safety. Right. So, so what's the difference between because you you said all of that was volunteer, right? And even mm-hmm. now you volunteer. Yeah. So, is there any difference between doing the volunteer and then having it as your career, like as far as what you can actually do, or it's exactly the same, pretty much? It's exactly the same. Okay. So, a lot of people will join a volunteer station as kind of like a foot in the door mm-hmm. before they transition to a career. Okay. So, for my EMT, I think my training was about four and a half, five months. And that was a combination of like in-person lecture and then skills training. Um, And then it was a separate program or a set of classes for the fire stuff. And I think when you do the county, you apply to a county for the career, everything is together. So a lot of people come out with like another certification in fire and EMT. So I think career-wise, they do a little more structured training because they have Mm -hmm. to check those boxes but as far as like capabilities, like we all do the same. Right. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. And then you're also a nurse. I right? am a nurse. Okay. So like if you love the firefighter and EMT stuff, is yeah. there a reason that you don't do that full time? Um, A lot of people ask me that because mm-hmm. it's weird. Yeah. Doing both because both are so 
They're different. They're different, but similar. Right. And it's the same long shifts, stress, mm-hmm. you know, just overall busyness of the fields. I always wanted to keep the fire department as like my playtime. Okay. You know, like I liked it, but 16 hour, 24 hour shifts, that was just a little too much for me. And I like the thrill of responding to a call, being first on scene, you know, having to think quick and like getting that adrenaline rush, but then the patient's transferred to the hospital and then the hospital takes over and that's my end of care. In the hospital setting, it's more structured and like my bond and my connection with my patients is so much more different and it is stressful, but I don't know. For me, there's like a difference as far as like what I like to do full time Mm-hmm. And then, like, what I do is, like, the quick little, yeah, hey, this is fun balance. when I want to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, I lost my train of thought again. I always do that. I think I think of my question before I ask, and then I lose <laughs> it. Wait, I was going to ask something good. Uh, hold on. Give me a second. It needs to come back. Damn. I think it was about – oh, that was my question. Did you get – was it around the same time that you started doing nursing as well, or was that – after like a little bit after you were doing volunteer it was after so originally my plan was either go to become a doctor or be a physician assistant Mm -hmm. um just because like when I graduated my school was small it didn't offer nursing like it was biology pre-med or you know any other Mm -hmm. um subject whatever degree um so I never really considered nursing um I always knew I wanted to be somewhere as like a higher level provider right So it was actually in the fire station. Then I guess like working for years in different medical roles that I kind of realized like what was important to me. Um, And I liked the relationship and the rapport that nurses have with their patients. Um, A lot of it stemmed from when my mom got really sick and she was in the ICU for a long time. It was really the nursing staff that... I felt was there that gave us that emotional, mental, and like physical support. The doctors more or less came in. They're like, hey, looked at her scans. Like this is how she's doing, you know, Mm -hmm. like a quick five, 10 minute conversation, if that, and then would leave. And then we wouldn't see them maybe the next day or possibly even a week later if they weren't on call or they weren't working the next week. And it was the nursing that like took the time. They're like, hey, like, let's explain this, like, let's talk through this. And I was like, hey, you know what? That's really important to me because mm-hmm. I've always been a people person. So that's kind of what I decided. I was like, you know, maybe I'll go back, do nursing, and then eventually I can always go back and do, you know, become a nurse practitioner or a CRNA or do something more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. it's important too to have, you know, good nurses because yeah. there's a lot of nurses that can be – not nice and yeah. rude. So it's like it, it goes to show it's like it's good that you had that experience because it almost gives you that like in those hard times it gives you a, a different shoulder to lean on and like people to talk to. So it's good that it kind of showed you like I want to be this kind of nurse. Yeah. And like you're able to do that because there's like I said there's a lot of people that just aren't I feel like and kind of are there more like going through the motions because it's their job. Yeah. Um, so it's just important just as important too. Um, and then I know that when we were talking, you were mentioning as far as like with the fire department and being an EMT, the struggles of being a woman. Yeah. And that. <laughs> so let's hear it. Um, I feel like that's a, that's something that I feel like a lot of people can relate to in so many different careers right. as well. Right. Yeah. And, you know, the fire department, especially firefighters, mm-hmm. there's definitely a lot more male firefighters than there are female. Yeah. When it comes to EMT, there are more female EMTs. but. Okay in a volunteer, not many people want to volunteer to be an EMT mm-hmm. and like do that for a prolonged period of time. Because and you volunteer to do both, right? I volunteer okay. to do both, yeah. So, you know, as an EMT, you're seeing, especially at my station, you can have in a 16-hour day 14 patients, but this is 14 patients you're caring for, transferring to the hospital. The, You know, there's paperwork that we have to do on the computer after, like to finish our reports on them saying like what we did. And then you literally can pull out of the, you know, the uh, the hospital and get hit for another call. And then you're gone all day. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. you really don't see your station on the ambulance. So that's why a lot of people will then transfer to be like a career because they're like, hey, if I'm dealing with this, I might as well get paid. Yeah. So like we lose a lot of female EMTs 
you know, well, I guess EMTs in general because of that, but then um, a lot of these stations, they're both EMT and fire. So you're then putting, going into like a male dominant role, like, you know, they say boys will be boys and that's very much true. Like Mm -hmm. the way boys act with each other is very different than a boy acts with a girl or like you act like with your girlfriends and stuff like that. And I feel like there's a lot of, um, I don't know, like misunderstandings and it could be just like mere joking as a guy, but Mm -hmm. they can be kind of like crude comments sometimes. And you're like, that's kind of inappropriate. Like, let's kind of tailor this in. But, you know, it's kind of being able to like ignore it, step Mm -hmm. away from it and then not being scared to step up. And I feel like that's the most unfortunate and I guess like heartbreaking thing is a lot of like younger girls you know they'll get in in college to like you know add something to their resume or like try something until they figure it out they won't go to anyone Mm -hmm. when they're feeling like a certain way or they feel like I don't want to say like harassed is the right word because like my station's really good and they have like a zero tolerance for that Mm -hmm. and a lot of fire stations do now but they just feel like offended or like not appreciated or they feel too. Yeah. They feel inferior too. And it's like, just talk to someone, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's hard because there's this persona that, Oh, you're a firefighter and EMT. You're supposed to be resilient. You're Mm -hmm. supposed to like have this facade that, you know, nothing can break you and you're supposed to be tough. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that isn't always the case. And if you're hurt, or like feeling sad or like your feelings are being hurt, like you need to say something. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of like younger girls especially are scared because they're like, well, then they won't like me and then it's going to be awkward and then end up leaving. Right. So it's just, I think, and I'm not saying that just because you're young, don't get into the fire department, but then just be aware. Like, don't let things scare you if this is, like, what you want to do. Right. And I feel like that goes for anything, too. It's, like, there's – whether it's challenges like that or challenges in general, it's almost, like, you have to go into something with tough skin and, like, a strong mindset of, like, okay, if I get upset about something, like you said, my options are hold it in or talk to somebody about it. And usually if you talk to someone, at least it's, like, you're being heard and you don't feel so alone And I feel like ultimately, like you said, too, some people might decide not to do something because of the fear of like it's male dominant or because they might feel like they're being judged or not taken seriously, which is stupid because it's like everybody, if you're there and you want to do it, that's just as important as well. Right. And says just as much. So, yeah. And most likely, like if you also go to like another female at your fire station, most likely they dealt with it and they could give some great advice being like, hey, like this is what I did. This is what helped me. But like, don't give up. Yeah. And I don't know, we've had really good, like women leave because they just don't like being around all these guys. And like, Mm -hmm. it's hard for sure. And especially when it comes to like, just naturally, like they can like strength wise and like height wise, they can do a lot more than I can. So then it's also like knowing your limits and knowing your capabilities. But like, I mean, even being a female, like when we go into like car crashes, for example, and if a car is on the roof, well, they're going to send me in. I'm the tiniest one. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like you have a role. You, right. Like eventually it may not be, you may not feel like you're contributing every single time, but there is a time and place where like they will need you. Yeah. And I was going to say too, like the whole point I feel like is to work as a team. Yeah. And that's where, like you said, the roles come in because you might not be able to lift as much right. or as much, but they're going to need you for something and vice versa. Like if, if you need help, that those people should be there to help you as well. Yeah. So I feel like teamwork is the most important, but unfortunately it's like, Stuff like that happens because yeah. that's how the world is. And I'm sure to some degree, like we were saying too, that's only one of the things that could have an effect on mental health in that career as well, yeah. which I know you wanted to touch on too, just the whole mental health aspect of it is, you know. Yeah. And I mean, you, I mean, we see a lot. Mm-hmm. Like we see, you know, everything from, you know, someone tripped, fell, sprained their ankle, you know. Um, someone, you know, is having chest pain, a seizure, broke a bone, um, to unfortunately like really bad car accidents where someone's deceased or, you know, like so-and-so woke up in the morning and their partner isn't breathing, you know, overdoses, alcohol intoxication, uh, domestic violence, 
you know, there's like such a wide range that we see. And, you know, that goes back to this persona, like we think that we're tough, we're invincible, you know, we're resilient. But the truth is like that does catch up over time. And, you know, like, and I think that is where camaraderie and the teamwork of the volunteer fire station or just fire stations in general is just so important, Um, you know, because you, I mean, we've all worked jobs where you have a manager that says, hey, we're one big happy family, like let's work together. But the fire department really is a family. Mm -hmm. And I will say that if there is a bad call, we do have the resources that will actually come to the station after and talk to everyone who's involved. Um, But, you know, sometimes that right after the incident, you may not even process like, hey, Mm -hmm. this just happened. Like, this is pretty serious. Like, what is this going to do to me tomorrow, even a week later, months later, a year later? And um, mental health is an issue because all these trauma, like the stress, you know, being gone from your family, your friends, because yes, it's volunteer, but you also can get really caught up like in the moment. And then you're like, oh, I want to be there for a couple hours and end up being there for a long time. It's just really understanding like work-life balance. And I feel like as far as support, it's there, but a lot of people don't take advantage of the support systems we have or like go and like, even if it's someone that the firehouse like doesn't um, recommend or not recommend, but if the firehouse has their resources and you don't want to use them, there are other resources. Like I see a therapist and I talk to my therapist about everything because I even got to a point where I realized like, hey, it's really not healthy because I was someone that kind of was opposite and I just bottled it up and I was really good at disassociating. Mm -hmm. So if something bad happened, I literally would block it out of my mind and like kind of forget about it. Yeah. Like, I could remember, but just, like, details. And I was like, this probably isn't healthy for me because it's my body's, like, defense mechanism. And I was more or less worried from the time that I was going to crack. Um, so I started talking to a therapist and just, like, going over. And I feel like sometimes I, like, blow these therapists' mind because they're just like, oh, my God, how does this make you feel? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, yeah. it happens. Like, we got back on. We went on another call and called it a day. They're like – yeah, but like, how's your sleeping, you know, and stuff like that. And you don't realize like talking is so much better Mm -hmm. than keeping it up. Like who cares if, you know, one of your colleagues at the fire department is like, oh, you see a therapist? Like Mm -hmm. why? Like who cares? Yeah. And also like you were just saying, you don't know what other areas in your life it can be affecting. Like you might think you're blocking it out. But, like, you might not know why you can't sleep through the night always and things like that. And that was going to be one of my questions, too. When you see these horrific things that a lot of people don't see, yeah, you know, every day, how do you not bring that home with you? So that was my problem is that I was kind of freaking myself out Mm -hmm. that I was so good at disassociating and bottling things up. Um, And then I was seeing others around me who were on the same call that they would call me and like want to talk about it and like I knew that they were upset but then I was like why am I not upset too Mm -hmm. so it kind of put things in perspective and then it wasn't until honestly maybe a year year and a half ago I I started remembering a little Mm -hmm. bit more of some of the more traumatic calls that I went on And I felt myself like getting emotional. And then I was like, nope, Rachel, you got to stick it up. Like quit this out. And then I was like, all right. At the same time, if my body's telling me that I want to cry Mm -hmm. and I want to think about it, I need to let it happen. Right. And it's human life too. So it's like, I feel like as good as you can get, I feel like it desensitizing yourself to it because it is your your job and your career in a way. It's just that it's still going to have an effect because yeah. we're still human. We're all human. So it's like it's scary to know that these things could happen to anybody, whether it's ourselves or loved ones. Um, but yeah, I mean, I agree. I think that a lot of people, it's easy to think that we're super strong and we can handle anything. And and I think too, to sit there and think, well, I thought about it enough and I got through it on my own, so I don't really need to talk to anybody. Right. But a lot of times, like, we don't know the effects that things have on us. Yeah. Even to this day. Like, I feel like there's so many things just in life that can happen 
that don't even have to necessarily be traumatic to have an effect and really make us change patterns and feel different ways without us even realizing. Yeah, I mean, what people feel and internalize is individualized in their own. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't need to be a trauma event. Like, you know, they talk about even with nursing and I'm sure, you know, in the fire department too, like burnout is a thing. Yeah. Like there are long days and it's a lot of busy work and it's stress. It's Mm -hmm. high stress and stress affects you in so many different ways. I mean, it affects your immune system. It affects your sleep. It affects your eating. It affects like your desire to like want to do things that like you find are fun. Yeah. And I feel like when, and it's never going to happen that all this stuff becomes different all at once. It takes time. It's Mm -hmm. gradual. So it's whether or not, you know, on your day off, like there's nothing wrong with laying in bed the next day. But then if you're not seeing your friends or you're not working out or if like eating well is, you know, was really something like of a passion of yours, like you left cooking and you don't cook and you're eating out, like then you realize like, hey, there's something that's making me feel this way. What is it? Yeah, for sure. And you got to, you got to like address it because by the time you might realize, hey, this is what's happening you know, the effects have already like changed you, changed like who you are. And, you know, in the fire department, unfortunately, like things like mental health, suicide is really big. Alcohol abuse is really big. And these are, you know, alcohol is like a huge coping mechanism for stress, Mm -hmm. you know, like, but it's also not healthy either. Yeah. And do you notice that a lot of people I guess at your fire station, like, do they really lean on each other for stuff like that? Like when they're going through things or do you think for the most part, like you've seen people kind of stick to themselves and try to work through it themselves? I think it's a mix. So, um, you know, the fire department, like I said, it really is like a family, Mm -hmm. but you know, like any family, you always have like that uncle or that cousin that you don't like, you can't stand. And it's like finding your person And for me, I found a couple people that I, you know, it took some time, but I realized that they are my person who I talk to every single day, all day long, more than I talk to like my childhood friends or like good friends that I met along the way. Cause I said like the bond, like that trauma bonding is something really unique Mm -hmm. and it's a different type of bond that. Because, like, when you're struggling together, you struggle together. And there's a lot of emotion and, like, mental aspect to it. So, like, I have my friends and, like, they'll call me and they'll be like, hey, like, can I vent to you real quickly? And it's just a different type of, like, vent than it's venting over, like, normal stuff like I do with anyone else. Um, And I think they're really important to have because if I am having, like, a bad day, I'll say to them, like, hey, like – I'm just not in a good place right now. And like they'll they'll have more of an understanding for oh, my feelings than like me going to like my parents or like, you know, my husband, my brother, or my other friends, because they can't relate in the same way. Yeah. And it's it's really cool to have, but also, like I said, it takes some time. So like there are people that don't, that they do suffer in silence. And unfortunately, I feel like those want those are the people that um, whether it's because they're ashamed mm-hmm. or they're scared or like they just don't know how to express their feelings, they're the ones that unfortunately I feel like you'll see have more of like, you know, that have committed suicide or like end up developing whether if it's like a drug addiction or alcohol. Yeah. And that's probably just because they it's too much within themselves that they just couldn't handle and address and didn't address over time yeah and it's honestly it's accessible yeah. I mean all you know you had a bad day it's easy to go to the bar or mm-hmm. go to the liquor store and you know buy whatever and have that before you go to bed right like not saying that yeah you know after a long day of work I don't have a glass of wine or mm-hmm. whatever it is to relax Decompress, but like yeah. yeah but you know yeah it makes sense so you've been doing this for how many years did you say seven okay and then I know you're talking about like if one day you got pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> what, what would you do then? Um, so that is a huge conversation between my husband and I. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the news is 
does a great job at portraying firefighter went into abandoned burning building, you know, floor collapsed, roof collapsed, got trapped, you know, was a father of, you know, how many kids. So my husband, he like voiced his concern that, you know, if there are kids, that is a volunteer role like this really worth jeopardizing my life and my health because, you know, if something were to happen, I'd be leaving my family behind. And, you know, his concern is 100% valid. Um, But then for me, it's like, man, this is like my thrill. Like, this is exciting. This is what I love. So then I was like, all right, maybe I could give up the firefighting and then just go back to just doing like EMT stuff. But then I'm like, I take care of patients three days Mm -hmm. a week, 12 hour days. Like, do I really want to volunteer taking care of patients again? And it's like, what what do I do? And there's definitely like women in the fire department that have families, but also when they had a family, they've kind of started stepping back from the fire department, like the fire department and their present is like less and less. So, you know, I guess eventually I have to decide whether or not this is something I want to continue doing. Yeah. Or, you know, or if this is like a chapter of my life that I just need to go to the next one and mm-hmm. kind of get over and, it's, and find it's your, hard. yeah, find your other thrill. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's, it's kind of a dilemma and I don't, I don't know. Like, yeah. Maybe. And it is hard because I think that everybody wants to find something that they love to do. Like yeah. nothing compares to that, whether it's volunteer or your career. And I feel like people that do discover those things are so lucky because a lot of people go through their whole lives not knowing what they love to do. Yeah. So it makes it difficult because it's like you could still kind of have that balance of like just doing the EMT work. But then you're like, but I really want to do the other stuff too. Um, so yeah, I can see how that would be like really challenging just because the risk is so much higher. It is. Yeah. yeah. And then I mean, there's risk with exposure, you know, yep. right now. There, I mean, fire gear has gotten a lot better than where it was. But mm-hmm. even like the cancers that are associated with like yeah. the carcinogens and thyroid cancer, throat cancer is a big thing, you know, and then you have to like wash your gear properly. So like there are risks, mm-hmm. but I you love it. It's, it's, it's hard because it's like these risks are like a maybe, but it's all mm-hmm. long term. Right. So it's like 20 years from now, what could happen? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. And then it's just like, well, do I just continue doing it for the meantime until maybe possibly something comes up? But yeah. I mean, I love it. Like, you know, it's just even when I go there, even if we don't get a call for like four hours, that's four hours that you're like hanging out with like your friends, your family. And, yeah. you know, like we'll do like kickball games. We'll do like fun trainings, you know, like it is fun. Yeah. And that's what that actually was going to be my next question is like, what does a day look like for you? Because I know it obviously all depends if you like depending on what the calls yeah. that you guys get. But like if you guys aren't that busy versus if you guys are busy and it's more back to back like what do the days look like usually yeah so um like for example after this I'm going up to the fire station Mm -hmm. um a couple years ago I painted a um a picnic bench so I'm gonna go back today like touch it up and like a couple my friends are gonna help me like stay busy um there's a gym there I'll probably work out um if not like we'll watch movies together like I said we'll have like We'll do um, kickball games with other volunteer stations around us. Like, we'll just kind of like, it's just like friends like hanging out. Yeah. Like, we just find things to do. So, you are like, when you go after this, are you technically on duty or no? Like, if you were to get a call, like, would you respond to it? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So, if I'm there at the station, like, I'll clock in. So, um, for the ambulance, um, like I said, because not many people volunteer, like, will volunteer to be an EMT, but mm-hmm. they don't usually stay as just a volunteer because they'll usually go on like career side yeah. because why not? Um, so like we have a mix between a paid crew and a volunteer crew that mm-hmm. uh, mans our ambulance. So it's two people. It's a driver and then um, someone who's caring for the patient in the back. Um, with a fire engine, you need four people to make a full crew. So if there's three people there and I'm there, mm-hmm. and like I don't respond on the call. It's kind of like, oh, here, you could have made us have a full crew, and we're not calling out yeah. short. So then I would feel kind of bad not doing that. But right. if there's four people there, and you know, I'm kind of doing my own thing, mm-hmm. I'll just be like, all right, maybe I'll get the next one. Yeah, not a big deal. 
And then what's the longest hours usually that you're on one shift over there? So I can come and go as I leave. Like if I want to be there for an hour, I can be there for an hour. If I want to be there, um, I can sleep there. There's bunk rooms so I could spend the night. because you're a volunteer? You can kind of do it. Okay. But if it was your career, then it would be more set Mm -hmm. schedule. Yeah. Yeah. So I can pick and choose when I come and go. Um, So... We try to do like crew nights. Mm -hmm. So like tonight is a Thursday night crew night. There's one on Saturday nights and then also Tuesday nights Mm -hmm. where like the same people will come and they'll be able to like man or like take calls throughout the night. So they always sleep in and do anything that comes overnight. So and that kind of is a challenge too because like I said, this is all volunteer Mm -hmm. and the way the workforce has changed is you know most people work monday through friday nine to five or if you're a shift worker you know it's hard to sometimes commit every single tuesday every single thursday every single saturday to a fire station especially if you have a family at home too Mm -hmm. because you know you have stuff that you need to do around the house or you just might need a break Mm -hmm. so um i will say that is probably like one of the biggest struggles is like getting people to come in because there have been times where I've been there and it's been just me. Mm-hmm. And then just for like safety reasons, like you don't want to be one person taking a call. Right. So it's good to have two people because then maybe one or you, you or the other person, like you guys can go together or ideally the more you have, yeah, it makes more sense. And then if you get those back-to-back calls, then you said after that, you have to file all the paperwork on each one that you did. Yeah, for the, okay. if you ride the ambulance. Okay. And I think they're trying to transition it for the fire side. Okay. Too. Yeah. So where the firefighters would have to do paperwork as well. Because mm-hmm. right now they don't have. We to? don't have to. Yeah. We okay. just have like a report that we have to do on the computer where it's like these people are on the call. This is what we right. did, but it's like very brief. It's like a couple sentences. So only the EMTs have to do it because yeah. of basically how they helped. The person right, right? Okay. yeah because at that point you're actually like providing care you're providing mm-hmm. a service you know whether what what the call is it could be you know life or death and yeah. just for you know legality purposes for sure everything needs to be documented about yeah. like what you did pre-hospital care yeah and now a word from our sponsor this episode is brought to you by better help therapy online for 10 percent off your first month go to better com slash insane Start living a better life today. Talking to a professional therapist can really go a long way and very much benefit your mental health. And the best thing about BetterHelp is that it is all online, which means that it's flexible and it is completely suited to your schedule. When I was a little girl, I experienced a very traumatic loss in the family and that was something that I never went to therapy for. I just feel like I didn't really think that I needed it. I was always very open about what happened. Um, I talked about it to my friends, to my family, and therapy was just never really on my mind. And the older that I got, and the more I got to know myself and learn about myself and kind of just face some harder times through life, which is normal. It happens as we get older and more aware of things. Um, I kind of realized that I feel like it really wouldn't hurt to seek out therapy and talk to a professional. And I went to a couple therapists in person and I didn't really have much luck. I didn't really feel a great connection. I didn't feel like I really got to talk about this loss that I experienced as a child. And one of the, I think, second or third options I took was BetterHelp. BetterHelp is entirely online, which I absolutely love because I didn't feel that pressure to go into an office. And I knew that if I didn't really have success with the first therapist that I got, that I would be able to have the option to change and try another one until I found the perfect therapist that best suited me and my personality style and everything that I needed out of therapy. BetterHelp allows you to fill out a questionnaire that matches you with a licensed therapist that you can meet with and talk to. And like I said, if that's somebody that you don't really hit it off with or you feel like you wanna try another therapist, that is totally fine and you can switch it anytime you want. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash insane today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash insane. I wanted to bring up like my mom's always been into like Chicago PD, Chicago Med. And even for me, like 
one of the reasons that I was so interested in the FBI is because I was watching Criminal Minds and I was like, this looks like so much fun. So I wanted to hear your perspective on like all of those shows, like how, I guess, realistic or not realistic are they? Um, So TV is TV, you know, people always want the drama, want the craziness. And I mean, there are some crazy things that we see, but to the extent that they draw it out to is completely like outrageous. Um, I like watching those shows because I kind of find them comical in a way Yeah, that I'm like, you really wouldn't do this in real life. Like, mm-hmm. this is not what you'll do. But sure, right. like, if, if this is what gets the goers like going, like, yeah. why not? Um, you know, my favorite is, you know, every time like a house is on fire, it explodes. That's not what really happens. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's not as much of an explosion as like you think. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the drama between a the lot people. of. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I will say there is a lot of drama uh-huh. in the fire department, but you know, you're also with these people. Yeah. For so long, like it's bound to happen. Mm-hmm. Like it's just how people are, unfortunately. Right. But yeah, no, those shows. Definitely, (laughs) it's not what it's like in real life by any means. I mean, even the calls, you know, some of the stuff that they do is just, I I don't know. I I don't even know. Like my favorite, I guess, is, you know, someone's down and they put like the EKG leads to like look at their heart and they're flatlined and they're like, all right, let's shock them. Well, you don't shock people when they're flatlined. Yeah. Like, that's not why you shock people. Like, mm-hmm. you do CPR. You give them some meds to get the heart starting. So it's like things like that where it's, it's just, just way more intense and like you're yeah. skipping some, some Yeah, steps. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I feel like that's what people like. They're like, oh, they had to shock that person to get them back to life. Yeah. And I'm no. sure for a lot of people too, like I said, myself included, like when you watch these things, it could make you think that yeah. you really want to do them. And then reality hits and you're like, oh, well, maybe not. Like, and I think one thing I'll say too is I feel like the volunteer, volunteering is so, even if you don't go into it as a career, like I feel like it's so important because it gives you that hands-on experience and real life experience. Because even in school, um, like I was always interested in criminal justice type stuff, but I feel like I never actually got that hands-on yeah. experience. And I feel like until you get that, like in the field, you don't really learn much. Like you can learn all the the knowledge, I guess, to some degree, but it's not like the actual experience with with other people and like being actually on site. Yeah. And I mean, it's kind of with any, you know, career or education mm-hmm. is they're going to highlight the big things, like yeah. the main concepts, the bigger picture. Um but they're really not going to talk about like the bad stuff or like, you know, what it, like the feelings. The feelings are taken out of when oh, you take sure. like when you read a book or you take a test or you sit during a lecture. Like like you said, it's all knowledge. Um, but getting that hands on experience, like I was always that type of person where like I could not sit through class. You know what I mean? Like I'm way too ADHD for that. Like mm-hmm. I need to like be moving to like doing things. So you know, what I learned during my EMT course, um, it was definitely like a good foundation, but the majority, I would say like 70 to 80% of like what I know is like from experience mm-hmm. because you could have one um, one call that, you know, you're like, oh, like maybe I should have done this or like, oh, now I'll be more aware mm-hmm. for the next one and then it'll come up. So there are things like you'll learn along the way like you know um like for example um people with like low blood sugar they will have like slurred speech and weakness and a lot of the calls will come out as a stroke Mm -hmm. um I worked with a EMT and I came later on in the call that they were like it's a stroke it's a stroke and I'm like did you check the blood sugar and they're like, no, like they said they were having slurred speech, slurred speech and weakness. And I was like, check their blood sugar. And it was a low blood sugar, mm-hmm. you know, and like this person could have gone all the way to the hospital and that blood sugar is continuing to go down. So it's like things like that, you just become more aware. Right. But it's with anything like everyone learns more once you're in the job, once you're actually doing it. Right. And actually working. And I was going to say, too, another thing, at least with the for me like this is the only thing I have to compare to but with FBI stuff I always thought that because they always make it seem like oh you're just like always going to be doing the exciting stuff in, yeah, in no. the field but like they don't 
tell you and show you about that downtime of mm-hmm. like whether it's paperwork or you might have like four hours of not really having anything right. to do. And I feel like that's something that kind of comes with everything. Like you're going to have the highs and then the kind of like the lows or like the t- the lows and then in between like when you don't really have much going on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like it's so important with with bless you. <laughs> I feel like it's so important with careers, especially those that are more can be more traumatic and more intense that all of those aspects are hit because I feel like a lot of people will go into them not prepared yeah. for what's to come. Like even if, like you said, even if those um, services are there, like therapy or people to talk to, not everybody's going to be prepared to do that and to take those steps. Yeah. So it's really interesting because I feel like they, like we were just saying, it's mainly just knowledge based. Yeah. Not really like the whole, the whole thing. Yeah. Being shared. And I mean, even with the shows, I find it funny because like a lot of people want to join like our fire station because we have a fire engine and a fire truck and they're like oh I'm gonna be a driver yeah and it's like well it doesn't work like that like you have to get your certification in firefighting you need to get other take other classes you need to do there's like there's procedures yeah, there's it's not steps. just a driver's license <laughs> right right exactly exactly so you know because they see these shows they mm-hmm. think like oh like this is how it's gonna be yeah. and it's like there are days where every single call could be like a lift assist at, you know, um, like, a, oh my gosh, what is it called? Like an assisted living. Mm-hmm. So every single call is you going to an assisted living place and picking up grandma or grandpa who fell on the ground and may not be injured, mm-hmm. but those are the calls. Right. And it actually is really, really rare. I mean, summer when it's drier, barbecues and stuff like that, we definitely have more fires, but there aren't that many like big fires okay. as like people think and I feel like as the shows portray like every single call is this yeah crazy, no yeah. yeah no it's not like that I mean and it's kind of interesting too because now that you say it um there's an I like there's an assisted living um down the street and whenever I see like a fire truck or ambulance yeah. like I naturally get so nervous and I'm like oh my god did somebody die or is there like some big fire but I feel yeah. like too like you said I feel like those things aren't shown enough of like those more those calls where it doesn't have to be somebody dying it could just be helping somebody or assisting right. someone right but I think we're meant to think that it's like the worst case yes <laughs> which I always do and now that yeah. you, it actually makes me feel a little bit better now yeah but yeah because I always I always see that and I'm like oh my god did somebody die again it's yeah. like my thought <laughs> because that's what I've seen in these shows but yeah, yeah, I feel like those are the things that they definitely don't don't show because they're not right. they're not as dramatized. Yeah, and I mean, even then, like speaking of assisted living, um, sometimes like even though it could be like a medical call and the ambulance will get dispatched, a fire engine may come just to give support. Okay. It's like they need like an extra hand picking someone up or something like that, or for transport because if the person is really down and they you know don't have the strength to like help you lift them, you might need extra bodies. So just because you see an ambulance and fire truck there, like Doesn't definitely, yeah, okay, yeah. That's so interesting. Like, yeah, yeah, so that's kind of why I did the fire stuff or I decided to go down the fire route was because, you know, I could sometimes the fire engine, if the ambulance is out all day or just left the hospital, our fire engine might get to the call first. And at least then I can start giving some type of medical care, whether it's like doing a quick exam of them, getting their vitals, you know, getting them ready to go. So by the time the ambulance comes, they're not taking blood pressure. They're not getting their medical history. They're not getting their medication list. They're not getting of what happened. I can give a brief rundown being like, hey, this is X, Y, and Z. This is their heart rate, you know, all this stuff. And we can pack them up and go. And that actually cuts down on time. Right. It's like efficient. You know, there's no time wasted because at that point they're like, all right, like, I don't now need to do this. I can load and go Mm -hmm. or make that decision like, hey, you know, maybe they're fine. Like, I don't see anything medically wrong, you know, and we can like leave the scene. So having that judgment there for stuff like that, I think is really help because it doesn't waste resources either. Right. And just more support too, like you said, which is always important. Yeah. Um, So I don't know how much you can share, but I was wondering, are there any like crazy stories that you've experienced or just anything that kind of has stuck with you that you'll never forget? Um, yeah, uh, motorcycle accidents, Mm -hmm. like they, I grew up like on, with dirt bikes, ATVs and stuff like that. And I think ever since becoming, like joining the fire department, motorcycles scare the crap out of me. Oh yeah. You have no protection. No protection. And especially if you're moving at that speed, 
you're literally getting projected Mm -hmm. you know and not even just the motorcycles but like the the speed bikes yeah when they go through all the all the cars and I'm like oh my god yeah like it gives me a panic attack every single time and I'm like please let nothing happen to them Mm -hmm. please let nothing happen to them because you know there I um there was a call I don't even know how many years ago but there was a pothole and of course Marilyn we love our potholes here Mm -hmm. um their bike I believe hit a pothole or what we think or they might have hit like a gravel patch and lost control of their bike and ended up hitting a car on the shoulder and at that point you're having limbs shoes all over the you know on the highway that you're then picking up um suicide calls are always really hard especially when they're young Mm -hmm. um Car accidents can be really bad, especially like people not wearing, you know, their seatbelt. You know, we always talk about like seatbelt safety, but I guess until you actually see someone go through like a windshield, mm-hmm. um, sometimes it's their whole body that goes through and sometimes they get stuck and they get decapitated. Like, yeah. you know, it's things like that where it kind of, and I guess this goes back to the mental health, like yeah. you become a very cautious person. Like you become very self-aware of We're like so yourself. Fragile. Yeah. yeah of like yourself and then you become like a little overprotective of like Mm -hmm. the people around you that it's like hey like you may have no cares in the world but I've seen something similar and how this plays out maybe try and be a little safer about it yeah so I mean even with the crazy stuff I see and clearly obviously it like affects me in a way that I'm more like aware of my surroundings more Mm -hmm. cautious about my actions um I don't know it's just it's, it's life. And I think experiencing that mm-hmm. just makes you, I mean, I don't know, makes you a more stronger person. Cause like there are some weird, like crazy things that people do. And I'm just like, why would you ever do this? And right. like, especially now with like the summer and people like having bonfires, like mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that are chopping wood or using chainsaws with like no safety protection. And like, not wearing glasses and then getting projectiles like in their eye. And it's like, why? Right. Like, why? Yeah. Just be a little bit care- more yeah. careful. Yeah. Just be a little careful. Like, yeah. yeah. So your first time that you saw something like that, do you think it – do you? I guess my question is, do you think it took time to kind of get more used to showing up on a scene and being like, okay, like I just have to get to work versus when you showed up and it was kind of like, oh, my God. You know what I mean? Like more intense – I guess in the beginning. So the problem, I guess it's not even a problem. So a lot of times when calls come out, the caller is calling like a dispatch center and the dispatch center types up the call. So it may not even paint the po- like the full picture. Okay. So there's a lot of times where it's like, I don't know, patient fell, you know, just needs help getting up and you get there and their ankle is like broken, broken. And it's like, you are not getting up or even like a car accident. It'll come out like as just like vehicle ran into another vehicle and you get there and there's like a car on the roof or someone's trapped and it's like way more intense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or it could be be completely, you think that based on like the dispatch call, like it's going to be more intense and ends up being nothing. So Mm -hmm. I think the hardest but I guess also, like I said, the thrill is like you never really know yeah. what you're going to get. And that's kind of where like safety awareness and like environmental awareness, it becomes a huge thing. And what they like really harp on, harp on in the fire department is just like knowing your surroundings and mm-hmm. always being aware of your surroundings. Right. So it's like, you know, even with like house fires, um, it will say like house is on fire, there's smoke everywhere and you get there and it's like, someone just didn't clean their kitchen, like their Mm -hmm. oven, you know, and their oven just has some smoke and like nothing is on fire. Right. But it's like, you never know. And it's like, but at that point, you know, you're getting into gear before leaving the station. You're putting on your hood, you're putting on your oxygen, you're putting on your helmet and you're ready to go. Mm -hmm. And then you get there and you're like, oh, I just need a fire extinguisher. Like that's it. But it's better to be more prepared Prepared. than not. Yeah. Yeah. And I think which one that always saves time. But also I was going to say that I think that as humans, like like you were saying before, until it happens to you or until you see it or experience it, I think people tend to think they're invincible. Yeah. And like everybody wants to seek that like that fun or that thrill or they don't think that anything bad will happen. Yeah. But I feel like you've seen 
the worst of the worst. So you're like, it can definitely happen. But yeah. it, it, it is crazy because I feel like the older the older I've gotten, I've definitely become more of a way more cautious yeah. person than I was. Like when I was young, I feel like I wasn't scared of anything. I never thought of the bad. Yeah. And now that I get older, I'm like, I don't want to do that or I don't want to do this because I'm scared of what could happen. Like yeah. I don't like even just little things. Like I used to love to go on my friend's like motorcycle and bike. And now I'm like, you know – I don't want to die today, so, like, I'm just not going to do it. And it's, like, you could have a day where you're lucky and it's fine, but yeah. you could have a day where it's not, and it's not even always the people driving, and it's not always specifically one person's fault. It could be other people. Right. So it's scary. It it's is. It's a really scary world. And I think that's, like, kind of, like, the beauty of life and, like, why children are so, I don't know, innocent is because yeah. they are innocent. They, they don't, don't know. They don't know. And then sometimes, like – I wish I didn't know mm-hmm. or see as much as I have because I feel like some things probably would be more exciting or mm-hmm. I'd have like more enjoyment with it yeah. instead of like thinking, oh, well. Of the worst. Of the yeah. worst. And that's that's the one thing that kind of sucks about it is that like I feel like we're meant to think life is short, yeah. have fun, let them yeah. on the edge. Yeah. But then it's <laughs> like when you, when you do that, it comes with a lot of risk. Yeah. So it's like you almost have to take – the extra precaution and not do the riskier things because bad things could happen. I mean, anything could bad, anything bad could happen right. at any time. But I feel like, you know, like we were just saying, when you're younger, I feel like you don't really think about those things at much as much as you do when you get older. Yeah. Which kind of sucks, but it does. But I mean, yeah. balance is a thing. It's like you can right. live in fear or you can live with awareness. Yeah. And I feel true. like definitely being in the fire department has made me just live my life just being aware because I mean I definitely have fun like I definitely do things that are a little more risky but I'm just like all right you know yeah and you also have that I feel like experience at this point and knowledge to know where that balance is for you yeah especially in when you're in the field and doing it because it's like I think you like you said you wouldn't go and do something on your own yeah you would definitely always make sure you had that help there with you just for that you know safety and, and stuff like that so I feel like that's important but I don't know. I think what you said too about it makes you a stronger person. I feel like that's in so many ways. I feel like it does because not only physically, obviously it taught you so much with all the training, but also mentally it it kind of enforced you to open up more. Yeah. And just really not only firsthand experience it through what you've seen and done, but also just like really allow yourself to I guess tap into your mental health and be like, okay, like I can talk about things. And it doesn't even always have to be your career either. You know what I mean? Just be like, okay, like if I'm dealing with something, like you said, if you're feeling sad one day and you go in and it's nice because you have the people in your department, but then you also have your therapist and other resources. So I feel like overall it just makes you a stronger person, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, you know, even with therapy, it's an ongoing process. And, you know, sometimes like, I'll have like like you said like I'll have highs and lows but even if you don't find resolution and that's the thing is like you don't always have to find a solution mm-hmm. to the problem but just recognizing that it's there yeah um because like one of the biggest conversations that I've had with my therapist and even my like manager and like other people that I work with with my career they're like you're still doing the fire department like, mm-hmm. are you sure? Like, you know, you don't want to like taper back on that a little because you're working a lot. And I'm like, no. But then there's times where I'm like, okay, maybe I do need to take some time back. Maybe I do, you know, when I'm off for three days, I spend the first day like being a lazy bum and I mm-hmm. love it because it's my recovery day. And then that second day, like I get that win where I'm like, all right, like what are we going to do today? Yeah. And then if I'm done doing things around the house, I'll go to the fire department. And it's like, I don't need to do that though, mm-hmm. but it's just me looking for things to do. But like, but then if I work the day after, I never really had a full recovery and it just builds up. So it's like finding that balance and also knowing when to like step back is okay. Yeah. And I think that's kind of, you know, going back to the whole family thing, maybe when I decide to have a family, that will be like more of a justification for me to be like, hey, I need to take some time away. Yeah. Because it is a lot. And it's a lot of stress just for being a volunteer 
thing. Like, yeah. you know, most people, not most people, but people who volunteer, like if they do it like at a soup kitchen or they'll do like environmental projects or like at a children's hospital, it's maybe like one or two hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think too, another thing that I just thought of that obviously makes, I think would make your decision a little bit harder of taking that time away is we keep bringing up like the family aspect too of like even just at the fire department, but that becomes like another group of friends for you to yeah. hang out with. And yeah. I think that that's, that's a whole nother aspect of it that I think is so positive that you almost form this new group of family and friends that you have in a whole different way than yeah. your other personal friends that might not relate or get it as much. So I feel like that's a whole nother aspect of it too. That's just, you know, it's nice to have and it's a different type of support. And even if one day you're not doing that, those are still people that you'll always have relationship right. with and right. you'll always be able to bond with differently, even if you aren't doing it as much or even if you're just doing the EMT work, yeah. which is good. But. And even then, um, that kind of reminded me, you know, personal relationships become really hard in the fire department. And I know like, because you can't really peel away. Mm-hmm. You know, like, at least when I feel like I'm at work, I can leave my work there because the fire department is volunteer and it's kind of like as a come and go thing. Um, I mean, there will be times where, I mean, like I was just on vacation and I was on my phone and, you know, my husband was like, please tell me you're not dealing with the fire department, you know? So like, Mm -hmm. thankfully he is great and he's independent and he doesn't care, but majority of the time like yeah I am on my phone texting guys from my fire department Mm -hmm. and it's completely like platonic and it's like a friends only but then they're texting me at midnight 1 Mm a.m and it's like why do you have guys texting you and it's nothing right you know and I've had issues in past relationships where like guys couldn't get over it and I literally was like I swear in my life like mm-hmm. you they can are married it. yeah <laughs> like it's nothing but then yeah. you know like that is also important because that makes it stressful because mm-hmm. then I have been put in the position where I had to make a decision between the person I was dating or my fire department and I've gone through phases where I've you know sent emails to like our vice president I was like hey like I need to consider you know moving my membership from active to an associate member because I need to take care of this and you know like she's great. And she had the talk. She's like, let's talk about this. Like, what is your concern? And she's talked me out of multiple times, like keeping my active membership and not going down. Um, And, you know, it took me a while to realize that if someone isn't secure or like, okay with my passion, right. And it's probably not going to work out. Yeah. And and I think all of those, it's one thing to feel a certain way and to have that conversation and then you guys get on the same page. But then it's another thing if someone just can't understand and it's coming from jealousy and insecurity within themselves. Because then that that puts a damper on your life and your passions and the things that you love, which isn't fair to anybody no matter what it is. So yeah, I didn't even think about that aspect. Yeah. And I mean, it's a big thing. Mm -hmm. I'm not in the fire department, but you know, the police department, the medical yeah. field and stuff like that because it is a lot of long hours, right? long shifts, and a also, lot of like, time you spend Yeah, and it people. goes back to that trauma bonding too. It's like I'm sure people would not be able to understand like why you rather talk to people that you work with or that yeah. can firsthand relate rather than your husband or wife. Yeah. But like it's, it's nothing – it's nothing against them. It's just yeah. that it's an easier conversation to have with somebody that was there, somebody that can firsthand relate to it. Yeah. I mean, it's perfect because like my husband, he hates the blood and gore mm-hmm. of like anything medical. So I started, he's like, uh-uh. He's like, I'm done. He's like, yeah. talk to your friends. He's, like, he's like, talk to your friends about this. And I was like, perfect. Because like, I don't then have to try to like explain, explain it, it to yeah. you in like layman's terms in a way that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like then at that point, I'm not really expressing like what I want to say because I spent more time just trying to explain like the ins and outs. Yeah. So yeah, I got really lucky. Yeah, that, no, that is true. I, I can have like both like separate. Yeah. And it's good too because it, it really does seem like overall in every aspect, like you've been doing it long enough that you've learned that balance for yourself yeah. and then your career and your relationship. And and I think too, it's, it's really interesting because like I said, the reason I wanted you to come on here was to really give... I feel like the real reality perspective of not only being in the fire department and being an EMT, but also like as a woman and the mental health aspect, because I feel like those are the things that aren't really touched on and are kept in the dark and not really. Yeah. It's like not, 
because it's not the exciting part. It's not really talked about. Well, and also it's just in life in general, you Mm -hmm. know, um, it's really sad that it took COVID to really bring awareness to the public about the stress that healthcare workers and first responders and anyone on the front line, what they go through. And, you know, but this is stuff that's been going on for a long time. And, you know, even when it comes to like um, just any type of resources, a lot of stuff, a lot of good support did come out of COVID. But like I said, it shouldn't have taken COVID this long for something like that to happen to be like, hey, we need to take care of our people that are taking care of us. Exactly. Because how can you provide good care if you're not being cared for? Yep. I think yeah. that's something that a lot of people forget too. Yeah, so it's like it's it's natural and easy to lean on the people that's are, that are supposed to be helping us. But even like they always say, therapists need therapists too. Yeah, exactly. So I exactly. feel like it's the same kind of thing. But but no, I, I I'm so glad that you were able to come on and share all this because it was it was amazing. You just so oh, good. Thanks. Of no, course, it was fun. Of yeah, good. I'm glad you liked it. <laughs>